welcome everybody. Welcome back to the Everyday is a New Day show. My name is Kim O'Neill and once again I'm excited to be here with you today. We're going to be talking about love and specifically we're going to be talking about becoming the one to attract the one relationship. Hmm, we can all relate to that in some form, right? So stay tuned. We are going to be talking about that. But before we get into the conversation, what are we going to do? We're going to take a moment to shake off yesterday. Join me, shake it off, take a deep breath, release whatever may be weighing you down, maybe clouding your mind, your energy field. I'm going to say your heart space. Every day, every every new segment of your day, anytime you want to shift your energy, bring your focus into something new, you can take a moment to release what was, step into the now so that it serves you being fully in your power, being fully present because that's where you have access to your greatest power. So I hope you took a moment to do that with me. It always feels so good to just pause and take that slow, deep breath, doesn't it? I love it. Okay, let's move on to a quote to get us started, get those gears going. Today we have a quote from Dr. Deborah Rebel. I love this one. We attract love by being love. Makes so much sense, right? We attract love by being love. And yet, how often do we not think about life like that? <laughs> right? I want this over there. How come I can't have this over there? Wait, are you being that? Oh, <laughs> huh. Okay. Some food for thought, right? And this is going to serve us in today's conversation. So I'm going to get to sharing who today's guest is with you so we can just get into the conversation. So today's guest is Nazrin Barbic. Nazrin is an expert in love and relationships and coaches single and coupled women, helping them to become the one so they can attract or keep the one. Nazrin is also an international best-selling author, transformational life coach, hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and former NASA engineer. Nazrin blends traditional coaching methods, scientifically proven techniques, and deep healing through hypnotherapy and energy work to help her clients release mental, physical, and spiritual blocks to success in all areas of their life. She has a bachelor's degree in computer, in computer science and a master's degree in information technology management and today, she's going to talk to us about becoming the one so you can attract the one. And so with that, welcome, Nazrin. Thank you. Thank you, Kim, for that beautiful introduction. I am so grateful for this opportunity to be here and have a conversation with you and your audience. I, I am too, Nazrin. This is something that everyone can relate to. <laughs> right? We we all have a, I'm going to say we all have a desire for love in our life in some capacity. And uh, that doesn't have to look the same, but how we get there is very similar, right? It's Absolutely. Yeah. And I love uh, the quote that you just shared with us. Um, we attract love by being love. Absolutely true. And as Rumi says, which is one of my favorite is our job is not to look for love, but to figure out all the obstacles that we have built against love. Because as mm. we become love, we become magnet to love. But we all have learned 
to protect ourselves, to close our heart, and we have built block against love without knowing. And the thing right. that we want the most is the thing we are afraid of the most, right? So true, so true. Yeah. Uh, it, the word that's really popping out right now is is B. Is you know, is that whole like push and pull, that whole force versus um force versus power, mm-hmm. right? If if we're like forcing, we keep trying to get something out there, but when we say wait a second, am I being love? That's that power that comes from within attracting it that's i don't know that's what's showing up for me right now and you know what you all love but you have forgotten our um you know I always say there is nothing to gain we're not here in our path to actually gain more stuff we actually want to lose everything that causes us not be not to be truly who we are i yes 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 i love it i love it let's so okay let's get into talking about this because because here we are talking about this, you know, we are, you know, we're not newborn babies, none of us, right? Me, you and me, uh, anyone listening today, no no one's a baby, fresh out of the womb, never been wounded, never, you know, with nothing to, to clear up in your energy field, no heartache from the past that you might be basing the present off of. And so starting from this point in time where we go, oh, well, what if I were to do love differently? Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about some of how how that outside world impacts the inner world. What are, what are your initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I love that. So what I believe is our outer our outer experiences is a reflection of our inner world. And unfortunately for a lot of us, our inner world is an unkind and harsh place. Our, the most important relationship in our life is our relationship with ourselves. And if we pay attention to that inner world, our inner critic, how we talk to ourselves, how unkind we are to ourselves. If you think about it, would anybody, if someone that you truly love, right, would you talk to that person the way you would talk to yourself in a mean, judgmental, critical way. And if you do, what happens? Would you be able to keep that person, right? Right. Perhaps not, right? And the truth is, we teach people how to treat ourselves. So teach us, teach them to how to treat us the way we treat ourselves, right? So if our inner world is in a world of mean and unkind, what is that the sign? It's the sign that we don't truly love ourselves. And when we learn to become the one, meaning if we be truly honest with ourselves, the person we truly want in our life, we want him to be supportive. We want that person to be loving us unconditionally, love us the way we are without wanting to change us see our beauty, see us, hear us. And yet we do not treat ourselves that way. Yeah. Right. And becoming love is becoming a person who unconditionally can see all of this beauty with all of it. Good. What we call not so perfect. All of it. 
I, I completely agree. And I'm a big fan of, of, um, you know, the most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. Absolutely. And what are your thoughts on why there's the tendency to keep wanting to keep that focus on the outer person and resistance of go? I, I, th I think when a person's on a, a, a self-love journey, any sort of healing journey, self-love factors in and and there can be this resistance to wanting to really focus on the self mm -hmm. and giving right. to the self. Right. Um, it, wanting to keep focusing out, out there and, you know, and make other people change or the other, the world change, things like that. What do you think that resistance is about? Right. I think we live in a culture that, although if you look at it, like in social me media, all this selfies and everything that we want to pretend, right? But the truth is we have never given the opportunity to truly stand in our power, to speak our truth and be open to an authentic. And it comes from our self-confidence, how we see ourselves and image that we have of ourselves. So self-image is really important. And when we examine our relationship with ourselves, every time that we doubt ourselves and not trust ourselves, we actually create anxiety and overwhelm within ourselves. And the interesting thing is, you know, I tell my, I have two teenage boys and I always tell them, look, all, when you have all your attention on others, to how they see you, but you are within yourself is just so become so overwhelmed and anxious that you don't recognize that what they see is the chaos within you, right? If you are within yourself is you make that your home and place of being that you know who you are and what you stand for then that's what they're going to see, a confident person, yeah. a, a person that is open and recept receptive to life in general, right? So I think partly, um, you know, what we have learned as, you know, a, a, our younger version of ourselves, a lot of us carry the same voice of judgment that we might have heard or negative things, and now we turn it against ourselves, and we do it to ourselves, which is causes yeah. us a lot of dis-ease in ourselves. Yeah, and I, yeah, I want to point out for everyone that the word disease, the way that you said it, dis-ease, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. dis-ease, it's, I, I love the threads of how things connect, and what was showing up as you were talking, there were so many things that were coming to mind for me. Um, I guess first is about how that, that momentum, right? If we don't grow up learning mm -hmm. how to love ourselves or how to speak kindly to ourselves, how to have a calm inner world, then 
it is more challenging. You know, there, there, there's, there's an energy to shift there. That's, I always love that analogy or the metaphor of um, a sailboat, right? If a sailboat's been going in this direction for the longest time, it's, you know, it's kind of smooth sailing in that direction. Whether the experience is, is pleasant or not, it's, it's going. Mm-hmm. When you want to turn that tide, it like, it takes a while to turn that rudder and get it going the other way. And so to me, I, I, that's similar to the resistance that a person can feel within themselves of, oh, it doesn't feel comfortable. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel natural to start to love me. Right. Um, but the other thing that was coming up as you were talking is that phrase, be the change, mm-hmm. which is, which, you know, I want to bring that up right now because we tend to use that in inter- I think what comes up for mm-hmm. me when I think about it, be the change as in, you know, be the, be the outward reflection, some something to do with being the change for others. Mm-hmm. But what if you were to say, wait a second, I'm going to be the change for me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. right. And, and so that's, that's what's coming up as, as yeah. Yeah, you, started and you know, we have resistance to change because we are comfortable with what is familiar, even though when yes. we know what is familiar, it doesn't feel good. And it's, it maybe it's not the healthiest place we want to be, but then yeah. what we know, even if it doesn't feel good, feel safer than unknown even though that unknown could be much better but the way by in the, i think is in our biology what we know we tend to hold on to even though that is not the best place to be and getting out of that comfortable place and be able to do something else is the key to make the change it it's so interesting how the comfort zone can be a very uncomfortable space to be. But when we're used to it, we think, oh, well, this is what's safe because I'm used to mm. it. But it's like you're hurting yourself. You're mm-hmm. over and over. Yeah. That's <sighs> okay, why there so- are no coincidence that people who grow up in dysfunction and they tend to find themselves in relationships, the similar relationship over and over again. The familiarity. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about how the mindset plays into this, Mm -hmm. the conscious and unconscious thoughts that we think and how that factors into us becoming the one to attract the one. Yeah. You know, beliefs are interesting, right? What is a belief? Is it something that we assume to be true, right? I always love to say, you know, share this story because this is just one example of how we buy to things and believe it to be true. And then what it takes to shift that, right? When my boys were about five and seven, uh, for Christmas, like usual, we were planning when they go to bed, we're going to wrap up their gifts and put it under the tree in the morning, the excitement, all of it. And that Christmas, something interesting happened. Uh, apparently, without us knowing, our older son had gone to the office where we kept all the wrapping paper and the, all their stuff. And I've seen the, you know, all the new wrapping paper and stuff. So I heard them as they were coming down in the morning, excited, running down. And all of a sudden, my son said, wait a minute. I saw these wrapping papers last night in mom's office. Did uh, Santa use the same wrapping paper? And then there was a quiet and all of a sudden said, 
or could it be that there is no Santa and Santa or mom and dad? Like the light bulb went off, the question came in, right? Could yeah. it be the curiosity? And that's the first step for all of us. Re-examine our belief that could it be what I believed is not the truth of who I am? Or mm. even examining what do I believe myself that causes me to get in this function and the relationship like this? Could it be that I, I don't believe I'm worthy of a deep loving uh, connection? Could it be that I feel like I'm not lovable for anything beside this? Right? Examine that and become curious. And another um, interesting thing happened in that moment. My youngest son said, so does that mean that the truth is not true either? So look, oh. the connection. But this is what happens, right? And, that's the, and I love that because it's like, look, that's the whole process. Examine your belief. What do I believe about myself to create this reality for myself? Because you're the one who creating it. You might not be aware of it. You're the one who create your reality and your ex what you're experiencing is you are in agreement with. Right. I Okay, so I, I those are great questions. And I encourage everyone listening to ask yourself those questions, mm -hmm. even starting with who am I? Because there can be an assumption that, that we know who we are mm -hmm. until you ask the question and you go, wait a second. <laughs> it's taking me a while to come up with an answer, right? Great questions, Nazareth. I love that. And what I also want to point out is, is, you know, when you talked about, you know, finding out the Santa's not real or, oh, I hope no kids are listening to this right now, or, or finding out that, um, that, you know, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, whoever, um, isn't, you know, is your parents. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as you were saying that, you know, I'm having the reaction of, oh, oh my gosh. Right. Because in those moments we can think, oh, that like, think back to when we were a kid. I know it's kind of like that little moment of like, oh, you feel like your heart got broken or like something, right? Like, oh, let down sad. And I want to add that into this conversation because I think that's the same kind of reaction we have when we realize, when we start to ask those questions and, and realize, wait, what? It's, it's not about me going to, you know, looking for it in someone else. I have to start with me. I think there's actually a little bit of a letdown within us, a little bit of sadness that takes place because we're expecting someone else to do something. And there's just, there's, there's some sort of, there's something about it seeming, and I think this is, this is the illusion, mm -hmm. something about it seeming less fulfilling to initially think, mm -hmm. oh, I have to give myself love first. That somehow does not feel as fulfilling as when we think of someone else giving us love that there's, I think there's a, that connection to self-worth, mm -hmm. but when you start to continue to work on realizing you have to love yourself, then it's like we can start to enjoy that more and go, Oh no, I enjoy giving to myself. And yeah. we're no longer in that heartbreak space. That's mm -hmm. what are your That's thoughts because about that? We have learned to have our attention is external. Right. And uh, so we think that we externally need to receive things to be happy, to be joyful, to feel the love, which is illusion. hundred percent. Look, that's how my yes. path changed. I got to the point that I realized I have everything that seemingly everything that I wanted in life. I had a great career, a great house, 
two wonderful kids, a husband, all of them from outside. My life looked perfect, but within me, I was unhappy. I had this hole that I didn't know how to fill it up. So I was keep looking outside. Okay, maybe if I get another degree, maybe if I go to this vacation, maybe if I buy this, I keep doing that. And all of a sudden I realized none of that, none of that has filled up this hole that I've been feeling inside, right? And it wasn't until then that I became curious, wait a minute, why am I keep doing this? Because I was in my second marriage, many failed relationship before that. And yet again, I found myself in the same place, yet again, same feeling came up. Different people, literally, it seems like I was dating and I was in a relationship with the same person in different bodies, right? And the question yeah. arises, the only common denominator, denominator was me. So I asked the question, could it be that I am recreating this over and over again? And if yes, why am I doing this, right? Oof. Ooh. Okay. That, that's a really good one too. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I don't know. Is, is there something more to say to that? Why am I doing this? Well, let me see what uh, showed up for me, right? So that took yeah. me to a journey to okay. trying to figure out who am I, what I, I want, and why I keep finding myself in seemingly different situation with the same feeling that keep arises within me. And it, it took me to a place of keep asking myself question and reflecting. And it took me my childhood that these feelings are the same feeling that I felt when I was younger. And the reason that I was recreating that, it was because I was not truly loving myself. I didn't believe I was worthy of what I was having. And I believe we will recreate our past experiences until we get the healing, until we find our path of healing that shows us who we truly are. Okay, so let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about healing from childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. That sounds like such a big thing. And, and I've, I've talked about that before too. Mm -hmm. But how, how, what does that look like? How can a person allow that be a, to be a simpler process? What is What does healing from childhood trauma look like? First of all, I have to say in this, the path that we want to take for healing requires us a huge amount of self-compassion and self-forgiveness. And that was the path that I, what I learned in my journey. Because every time I realized, oh, I did that. It was unconscious, but I made that choice that causes me to feel that pain, right? I had to do it with that self-forgiveness of I didn't know better. That's why, right? right. And the other part that showed up, it was, wow, if I did that unconsciously, if I create that reality unconsciously, what could I create when I become conscious? Where, what would I be able to create when I heal that part of me that I still feel that needs that pain and suffering within me, right? So yeah. that's, that was the opening that allowed me to go deeper and be willing 
because it can get very uncomfortable. But I knew the journey eventually ended up in a better place that it would be where I want to get, right? And so that's, that's the first thing I want to say. We want to do this with a lot of self-compassion for ourselves and forgiveness. And then I would say, obviously, you want to work with someone, a professional who, who can guide you through this because you definitely need the guidance of someone who knows what it takes, right? And uh, then the inner child healing is basically your connection going back. And usually I guide my client through the self-hypnosis and I take them first myself that connect with their younger self. That can, when the, you go and re-examine and revisit, here's what happened, which is beautiful. As an adult, you have a more understanding, right? right. And you revisit your inner child, you realize what you experienced as that, that age, five, six, seven, eight, you took it really personal. Like when your dad wasn't available, your logic didn't say my dad works very hard and he's not available. You made it mean I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of his time, right? And then with that, you can give that child within you, which is still within you. And that's the part that actually acts and have taken control of uh, you know, your driving seat, you know, and your adult self is sitting in the back and she's saying, oh, be careful. You're going to get hurt again. You're going to be abandoned. You're not going to feel like worthy of having what you want, right? So we need to learn how to soothe that. It's going to show up. It's with us, right? And I, you know, teach techniques that we can soothe that inner child and reassurance it that I have your back, that adult self now, I am mm -hmm. here for you. I love you. I will never abandon you. Because if you have felt abandoned in life, you have learned to abandon yourself now. Yes. And what it truly hurts you is you abandoning yourself. Well, and that brings us to the point, we haven't said this yet, but I know this is one of the things you also recommend about a person making a commitment to themselves and how key that is in everything you just described, right? Because it you're not really going to get very far if a person's uh, trying to trying to talk to their younger self and yet still somewhere in the mindset of, yeah, I'm going to abandon myself or it's okay for me to leave. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a very key element, like make that commitment to yourself first and then move from that right. point forward. And you know, um, a lot of us live outside of our body without knowing. That was me. And why is that? Because our bodies are connection to subconscious mind. And it's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. We keep wanting to escape our reality. Everything we do, uh, if we're like drinking uh, more than usual, watching Netflix back to back, trying to distract ourselves is a way for us to live in our virtual reality, but not in our reality, which is in our body that can feel, can sense the uncomfortable place to be. And right away, what do we want to do? Get out and let's uh -huh. <laughs> find a way to distract ourselves. That word dis-ease is coming up again. And mm -hmm. how, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the full-blown manifestation of a diagnosis from a doctor, but where does it begin? I, I'm hearing it through what you're talking about, right? The moment, the moment we feel, you know, 
something from our past uh, that resurfaces, you know, there's a dis-ease there and we want to get outside our body and not feel it, continue to avoid it, ignore it. But when we become more present, we can actually feel it and allow it to be released so we can have more ease. Let, let the dis go <laughs> and right. just allow the ease to remain. Right. And you know, the simple thing that we could do for ourselves, and we know that, is allow ourselves to be and connect with our breath. Our breath connects yes. us to the now moment. Our power lives in the now moment. Most of time we spend our time in the past or future. That's why we're anxious. But if you yeah. realize in now moment, everything is just fine. Then the anxiety goes away, right? And then when you connect with your body, if you give yourself five, 10 minutes, eventually that this is will show up. And if you say, okay, I am willing to sit with it. I am willing to look at it because everything is welcome. Uncomfortable real, uh, feeling, the anger belongs, to sadness belongs. The moment we're willing to take a look at it, it dissipates. That's the beauty of it. Always think like a kid that wants to get your attention. My, my boys used to do that, pulling my pants down when they were younger, like, more, 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 more. And they would do it un un until I would turn around and give my full attention to it. These are the same thing. Uncomfortable feeling wants to bubble up, want to come up because they have a message for you because they yeah. want you to be seen. And when you allow it to, and you sit with the discomfort and say, okay, let me see you. What is it that needs to be, be seen that I'm not willing to see? What am I not feeling willing to feel? When you allow that, and that's mindfulness. You know, mindfulness, which I love, it has like it has two wings, right? The first one is awareness, because that's the first step to healing. If I'm not aware of it, there's nothing I can do about it, right? Right. So give myself a chance by breathing, connecting with my body, become aware of it. The second, non-judgment and self-compassion, meaning I'm going to look at you without judging you, without making you bad without making, putting label on you. And I'm going to do it with self-compassion. And when we do that, then we'll see that discomfort is up. And if we do it enough, we look at it, then that message that needs to show up will show up and then eventually will go away. I think a common uh, thing for a lot of people is to want unconditional love. And what I'm hearing is as, as that person is going through their self-compassion, healing, self-forgiveness, I mean, you're giving yourself that gift of unconditional love, which then is that mirror for, okay, well, if I can give myself unconditional love, then I can attract someone else who can give me unconditional love or, or, you know, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm hearing is, and and I want to also highlight for everyone too, because this can sound like such you know such intense work, and it, it can be on some level, but um, something that's going to be so complex and take forever. And I, I completely agree with what you just said. The moment we you know the moment we start to look at those emotions and don't run away from them, we process them, things begin to transform pretty quickly. It's pretty amazing. Kim, can you tell me anything in your life you wanted, but it was easy? Look, as a child, how many times did you have to fall off the bicycle and get hurt yeah. until you yep. can learn how to do it and then how much you enjoyed it, right? Yep. So 
even starting walking, you crawl. I remember my kids always said, thank goodness for the diaper because they would keep falling off, but at least they had a cushion. <laughs> but yeah. at that age, right, they were so resilient. They didn't think, okay, now I fell down 10 times. I'm not going to get up ever again, right? They keep doing it. And at some point, we got afraid, right? And then now we're holding ourselves back. But the, the fact is, that's part of life, right? We're going to fall. And here's the thing. We have this image of failure as a bad thing, but it isn't. That's another belief we want to examine for ourselves. First of all, if we were perfect, we were complete, we had nothing to learn, we would not be here to begin with, right? So knowing right. that we are here to go on a journey and learn and do that with learning how to who we are truly as love that we are. And first, we cannot give anything we don't give ourselves. That's the truth right. of it. Learn how to give it to ourselves so that we can open our heart and be able to receive. You know, Kim, one thing I learned, and I see it a lot in my clients. Most of us don't know how to receive love, you know? Oh, that's and such a good point. Yes. We want it, but then we have a fear of it. Then we close our heart. And then even that person shows up in your life that wants to give it all to you. If you don't know how to receive, it's never going to give you what you want and it's never going to work out. Absolutely. <sighs> okay. There's so many more things that came up that I wanted to say, um, but I'm going to pivot for a moment here because um, you have something that, that uh, people may want to go ahead and grab. And so I want to share with everyone, you, you recently had a chapter published in a book. Um, go ahead and share with everyone what that book is. I know you have it. Yeah. With you well, the book, the book is voices of the 21st century both brave and brilliant women who make a difference. And I have a chapter in this. And if you like it, um, uh, I offer it for free in my uh, website, nasreenbarbeck.com. And you can grab your chapter there. Awesome. And your your chapter is, I have, um, I'm just, I like to show pictures. So mm -hmm. I'm going to show a picture. Your, your chapter is titled Pathway to Lasting Joy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And, and is, is that about, um, is that a, like about love? And it's about my own journey, how I eventually find my way to lasting joy, which is, is different from happiness. Is it that sense of well-being that you know it will never go away. No matter what is happening, you feel fine within. And when, we, you, when you get there, then there is nothing out there that can scare you. <laughs> I, and I want to make sure everyone knows where to get that again. So Nazarin's website is nazarinbarbic.com and that's spelled N as in Nazarin, A-S-R-I-N-B as in boy, A-R-B-I-C.com, nazarinbarbic.com. Um, and they can grab that for free on your website, right? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Nazarin... Are there any other themes that you notice that show up with a person who's in the process of learning how to give themselves love, how to shift their mindset? Um, uh, any other themes that you see that show up that, that tend to be part of this process of learning how to become the one? Um, you know, what I usually uh, suggest 
if anybody here want to see what does that mean? What I mean by you have to become the one to be able to attract and sustain a loving relationship. Most people know what they don't want based on experience of the past. They're not very crystal clear. What is it that truly they want? What is it that make them happy? So what I ask anybody who is interested to find out is create a list first of things based on your experience of past, your past relationship. <clears throat> what is it that you didn't like about that? Like what you think it was cause of the failure of the relationship. Now you might write something like, I didn't receive the affection the way I wanted. The person wasn't communicating very well or whatever that you, it showed up for you, right? And then from that say, okay, I know I don't want that. What is it that I want, right? What I want to receive. So I want deep connection. I want someone who sees me and hears me. I want someone, whatever it shows up for you. Then ask yourself, am I truly seeing myself? Am I giving myself that love I expect somebody else to give me? Am I unconditionally loving myself? Because if you become that, become the one that in your mind is the perfect partner for you, I guarantee you, you become a magnet to that person. Look, the reason I was keep attracting guys who were unemotionally available because I was not emotionally available. And it was hard for me to see it. You don't see your own way of being. But when I realized, oh my God, I am not emotionally available, of course, right? <laughs> then, yep. then you want to be 100% committed to your own growth and be willing to see your own part in breakdown in relationships. I love that. The, the thing that was coming up earlier and resurface as you're talking right now is, is kind of going back to the, be the change. Cause I can, mm -hmm. I can hear women out there, um, you know, women out there in their thirties, forties, fifties, older, whatever age you are, where you've already had some relationships that didn't work out for whatever mm -hmm. reason. And maybe you're feeling like, you know, that's it. I'm done. It's not worth it. All men are this, or maybe you're a man, you know, all, all women are this, or, um, it, you know, whatever it may be it, making these blanket statements and no longer having the energy to, um, want to pursue a relationship. And I get that. Take time for yourself if you mm -hmm. need a break. But I, I, I'm trying to say for that person who's feeling like that's it, there is no hope. There is nothing different because maybe you feel like you've tried everything have you tried this? What Nazareth's talking about? Have you tried going within and being the change within yourself first versus, you know, maybe in the past someone thought, you know, well, I used to go for this type of person. Now I'm going to go for this type of person instead. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe it's not about that at all. Maybe it's really about, well, wait, what about me being a different person through giving myself that love? Right. Absolutely. And look, Kim, I always say that, like, I have a program called Love Mastery, a six months program. The first three months, we don't even talk about anybody else. It's all about your journey to finding yourself, that self-love, unconditional love. Who am I? What do I truly want? What is my soul is seeking here? What am I here to offer, right? What is my beauty? What do I value, right? we become very clear and become that person. 
is the, it has nothing to do with anybody else. But the interesting thing after that three months, when I surveyed, they all say they've been happier than ever been. They don't even care now if they have somebody in their life. Like you get to that point when you get there, then everything, then you can't help it. You're gonna attract people when your energy is open. Then you're open to receive. They're gonna be all over the place. You're gonna notice, and that happens often, you know. So it's not about really if you feel you're seeking a connection, deep connection. Believe me, that connection you're seeking is with yourself. And if you get there, the other one will show up. <laughs> I love it, Nazrin. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, we're talking. We're talking about uh, releasing what no longer serves, opening up space for what does. Mm -hmm. And isn't it such a beautiful thing to realize? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe take some effort to get there. But what a wonderful thing when you can finally realize. Oh, that thing I so long for. I really do have the ability to give it to myself mm -hmm. first, to receive my own love first, mm -hmm. receive my own love first versus giving and or expecting, right. getting all of that out there. Let it come from within here. And then all of that just shows up. Mm -hmm. Look, the statistics tells you that 50% of marriages, first time marriage end up in divorce. 60% on the second and 70% on the third. If you will learn from just doing we wouldn't get it right by now. But the thing is doing the work before getting in a relationship. That's the key that can help us to actually not only attract the right person for us, but also sustain the relationship. Okay, I'm, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. Mm -hmm. um, do you watch any of those? Do you watch Married at First Sight? That no. show? No, okay, there, okay, never mind. Well, for anybody watching, I, um, that's, I love that show, mm -hmm. but I... I tell you, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, you can just see the, you know, and we all have our stuff. So no judgment about anybody, mm. but, but I can just, you can just see when people haven't done that, some of that inner work and how it shows up in relationships. And this goes back to, you know, if this is something you're serious about wanting to be in a relationship again, um, have a loving, committed relationship with someone else, you know what? consider working with someone who can help you see those blind spots, the things that you may not realize are getting in the way of this new relationship. You're so excited about it. And then like you mentioned, you know, all that stuff from our past shows up again, different person, maybe you even live somewhere else, but none of that matters because you take yourself with you everywhere you go. And so that same stuff will show up again. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and and I not also, only I wanna, that, Kim, yeah. I want to say something about that. Yeah. And why we need to do the work first, because our tendency would be to find, fall in love, find attraction to someone who is familiar. The pain, the drama is going to show up. And it, we need to make the familiar unfamiliar and create a new family, familiar thing that in there we're cherished, we're valued, we're loved. We are available. The person is available emotionally. So sometimes the attraction, what we call falling in love, we're falling into our path of... And you know, as I say, it's better to have three failed relationships than never try. Because if you really be honest with yourself and re-examine your relationship, you, there's a lot for you to learn and grow from. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. And that goes back to uh, that familiarity component. That goes back to what you were saying about how the first few months when you work with a client, like it's not even about someone Mm -hmm. else. It's all about the self that gives that person time Mm -hmm. to acclimate to what does it feel like um, to love yourself? What does Mm -hmm. it feel like to be going within and giving yourself that nurturance so that when, you know, there can be that momentum of, okay, now I've been working on myself and now I'm, now I'm opening up to attracting, you know, that right person. Mm-hmm. And maybe initially, I want to throw this out there. Maybe initially you have, you know, someone that's not a fit show up. That's just residual from, you know, the past vibration you were in. Mm-hmm. And because you're in a new space now, they, right? Then because mm-hmm. you're in a new space now, they can they can now identify, oh, with ease, without right. having to go through the heartache. <laughs> Oh, that's not a fit for me. That yeah, that's what we call a red flag. You become very attuned to what red flags are from your past that causes you to be, you think you're attracted, but it's just familiar because it reminds you of something that is, you know. <laughs> and then and then when they recognize it, that can be a win. Like, right. oh, good job. You were recognized it this time. <laughs> Power of awareness. That's what yes. it is. Okay. So Nazrin, we're nearing the end of our conversation. I realized we went over a little bit, um, but I thank you so much for your time here. Are are there any final words you'd like to leave everyone with before we close the show? What I would say, I guess I would love to leave everybody with is um, we can't get anywhere if we don't become conscious and aware. And that's, for us, the easiest way is through our breath and connecting with ourselves, staying in our body, realizing when we get uncomfortable and just stay with it. And if you're not aware of anything, you can, you don't have the power to change it. If we don't, if we are not conscious, we think we have a choice, but we don't have a choice. <laughs> We're just reacting to life and based on our past experiences. So the first step I will just say is just take time for yourself. Sit down, breathe, and connect with yourself and get to know yourself. You're a beautiful person. Get to know yourself. Thank you, Nazrin. Thank you so much You're for welcome. sharing today. Thank you for having me, Kim. Very enjoyable. <laughs> It was, it was. Okay, so Nazrin, I'm just going to drop you back into the lobby and I'll see you there after I close the show. Okay. Thank you. I cut her off there, huh? Um, Oh my goodness. Let me know. What are you taking away? What what comes up for you as you think about becoming the one? About saying, you know what? Okay, I'm going to stop putting my focus out there and take some time first to put it in here so that you can turn the tide. You are so worth it. You're so worth it. I'm going to, I'm going to put the title of the show back up here, becoming the one to attract the one relationship. You can do that. You can do that. It can be easier than you think. And you can allow it to be easier when you say, you know what, I'm going to, I I could use some help here. I could use some help here and I'm going to reach out to Nazrin. I'm going to take some time to look into this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put Nazrin's website up here one more time. You can go to nazrinbarbic.com and get a copy of her free chapter. Learn how, how she did it, how she made shifts in her life. 
it is possible. You are not alone on this journey. And I want you to always know that. Remember that every day is always a new day. You may have had 40, 50, 60, 70, you're never too old, years of, you know, failed relationships, right? Things not working out. What could you do differently today? You are worth it. Heck, <laughs> I'm imagining right now, you may be someone out there thinking, Kim, I really am done with relationships. <laughs> I No, I'm not interested in another relationship. But have you learned yet how to give to yourself? It doesn't even have to be about ever wanting to be with another person, be coupled up again. What about simply being coupled up with yourself? I'm thinking about, you know, what, Sex in the City when... when um, I know there was that one that one episode about, you know, marrying yourself, something like that. Um, I love that. I love that. Maybe it's simply time to focus on marrying yourself. Let me know what's coming away, what you're taking away from today's conversation in the comments, wherever you watched or listened. I'd love to hear from you. Remember to, to like, subscribe, share. That's always very helpful too. You are amazing. Have a wonderful day. Take time to breathe and love yourself. And I'll see you all again very, very soon. Bye now.